Thank you so much for your giving. Thanks for supporting uh, these students going to winter camp. My wife and I have loved uh, for years looking for opportunities to bless other people's kids and uh, to come alongside uh, families and uh, just to get their kids into these moments. Because uh, if you grew up going to camps, uh, you know that they're very pivotal and formidable moments, so get behind it. My other observation from winter camp is, boys, don't throw snowballs at girls. They don't think it's cute. I'm trying to catch your eye with the snowball, all right? Don't, unless it's your sister, then it's okay, all right? I'm a big brother, so I think that's an okay thing. My name is Dave Berenger. I'm the pastor of KFIRST. If you're new with us, I want to make sure that I get a chance to uh, maybe just greet you, meet you, get to know you a little bit. And I'm stoked that you're here today as we are kicking off what has become just an annual uh, tradition here at KFIRST is have uh, just a very visionary series and nothing that is what I would say uh, visionary in terms of we are turning on a 90-degree turn uh, toward any one thing, but every year it's all about shifting and shaping and constantly tweaking vision and direction uh, because we believe just as much as Jesus changes our life day to day to day that, that he believes he wants to change the body of Christ and us to keep focusing on him and to follow the direction and the calling for which he's placed us here in Kalamazoo first. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you have your Bibles, uh, go to Psalm 1. Uh, the book of Psalms, uh, one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. If you want, ever want to know how to pray, pray through the Psalms. It's a great place to, to, to go. And uh, we're going to dive into uh, a message that I'm just simply calling the long game. I will say, um, would you keep my marriage in prayer? Um, I proposed an idea on the way to church today. I'm thinking about going with just a mustache. And what I heard was, what I heard was at your age, and with being on live stream and being in front of people all the time, you don't have time for weird seasons. She's, because for some reason, I can't pull off a mustache. My life is a weird season. So keep us in prayer, and would you... Pray that my wife's heart would be softened. Because <laughs> I really think I could rock a stash. Especially kind of turning it up with some wax. <laughs> the great theologian Taylor Swift said, hate is gonna hate, hate, hate. <laughs> oh my word. This year, there's the numbers of things I'm, I'm working through for 2020. I've been taking some dream sessions, and this is so stinking cool. I've had having this, uh, actually, Anna and I took a walk, talk about our dreams for this coming year, and I sat down, I've got a brand new dream journal, writing down dreams, and all of a sudden, the evening, I get a text from somebody that I just don't normally get a text from all the time that just simply said, after, at the end of the day, just simply said, I don't know why, but God just told me to tell you that he is very proud of you. And that just excited my heart for what, I believe God wants to kind of shape here at K First because I believe we've got to do more than just look at tomorrow, but look at the long game. Um, I do golf and uh, they have different terms. They have the short game and the long game. And if you look at my club selection, if you ever ask me to golf, can I just say that nobody ever asks me to golf with them because they're competitive? 
Everybody who asks me to golf and will take me golfing, they need an ego boost. <laughs> Only reason why you take me golfing. And if I go golfing with you, you'll notice there's not a single wood in my bag. I'm talking about a driver. I don't carry a three wood. I don't carry a four wood. Why? Because that's the long game. I can't use them. I am completely inept in using any type of woods. And so somebody blessed me with a driving iron um, because it's the only thing that I can swing. But the funny thing is, is like that's the long game. The short game is when you got the irons and you, you know, just doing little, little short shots. But what's funny is if you watch me, you're like, Pastor Dave, you, you don't have a short game either. <laughs> I'm good at putt-putt, all right? I am phenomenal. All right, I will crush you at putt-putt. I, I'm okay with the putter, but really I have no short game. I have no long game. I'm really, I'm, I think about retiring from golf just because it makes the golf courses look nicer if I don't golf there. Just trust me. Um, but the long game is just a big deal and so much, our, so much of our culture is about the short game and the short term. And especially when you think about this time of year, my wife and I were talking about this, I think it was yesterday, and we we're talking about how much money gyms are making right now. Planet Fitness is bringing in the bucks right now. And I promise, go to Planet Fitness, look at their parking lot, and then put on your calendar one month from today and look at the same parking lot at the same time of day. Apples to apples, oranges to oranges here. Oranges to oranges, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, look at them because at some point, those that are hyped up to have specific results they get frustrated because they don't see the immediate results. I want to work out. I, I want arms. I want six pack. I want arms. I don't know what else to get. Um, I want legs. I'm going to do leg day every single day, which means you're on drugs or something because nobody should do leg day that much. But I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. And the problem is, is about three or four weeks into that, in the short game, all of the results they thought they were going to have or they were going to begin to see are not in front of them. And so they ended up wasting the money, giving up and just going back to the way things used to be. And we can get so caught up in the short game. We can get so caught up in immediate results. Um, especially if you think about TV shows nowadays, most TV shows have a shelf life of two to three episodes before they decide whether or not it's going to last. Um, I don't know if you knew this, that um, we talk about in the church world, church websites, that the church website is the virtual front door, virtual lobby to the church. And we know as pastors that we have approximately three seconds three seconds for someone looking at our site and seeing what they need to see for them to know whether or not they're actually going to click on anything or potentially visit or go anywhere on the site. There is so much short game. But life with God is not a short game. It's a long game. Life with God is definitely a long game. And so the question is, how do we walk with God and be faithful with God in every season. How do we look beyond the moment and keep saying yes to God, even when maybe the moment is not such a pretty or beneficial moment? There are some moments that feel like a perpetual leg day. And it's difficult to journey, and it's difficult to move ahead because of what you're simply facing. But having a long game is a different type of perspective, isn't it? Having future in mind. And when I say future, I'm not talking about next week. That's, I guess technically that's future, but not really. 
Future is not February. Future is not 2021. I'm making plans for 2021 right now and, and working through sermon series for 2021. But that's not necessarily future future. That isn't even long game. But long game is looking beyond in the direction and destinations for which you want to go. Now, there are some things that, well, it make more sense to go moment to moment. But can I say that going moment to moment, it may, may make a, a great life right here, right now, today. But it doesn't make for a great journey with God. Because journey with God isn't easy, is it? We have tough moments, I'll call, what I'll call them a little bit later. We have detours and changes and things that take place. Sometimes in our circumstances or our situations, sometimes internally, sometimes something happens for which life has to just change. I don't know if you've ever discovered that you had an allergy that you've always had. Anybody ever have that moment where you, as an adult you discovered you had an allergy for a long time that you just, you just never knew why you behaved a certain way. I remember um, my wife is, is allergic to penicillin. And so I remember for the longest time, she just wasn't, she wouldn't have um, blue cheese dressing because she just wasn't feeling well afterwards. She wanted blue cheese or she would try it and a little bit of blue cheese, she's like, why am I feeling so bad? And all of a sudden it clicked. The blue and the blue cheese, you know what that is? It's mold. Mold is what? Penicillin, and all of a sudden we started making, we had to make some changes, and that's something simple and something silly. But there are so many of us that maybe something we have always had, a condition we've always had, or sometimes because of life change and body change, you develop conditions that you've, you've learned to live with. And I think, especially in our culture, that most of us, if not many of us, walk around with an unidentified or unknown condition that we're just not aware of, and I call it PDD. Perspective Deficit Disorder. Yes, I am ADD, but other than that, I think sometimes I could be PDD. Pastor Dave disorder, maybe we could have gone with that. <laughs> we have perspective deficit disorder. And what does that mean? It means that we fail to see the bigger picture. It is a, uh, something for which we have short-term thinking. We have impulse decision-making. We have early onset regret. See your doctor today. Um, We've got this idea that, boy, we fully understand things, but we see it in such a short game picture instead of looking at the long game. This is what I deal with couples a lot when we talk about premarital counseling, we talk about struggles, but the reality is marriage is a long game. One amen out of that entire thing. 2020, let's interact with Pastor Dave a little bit more, all right? Amens are always good, but marriage is a long game. We've been married coming up on 23 years is that right? Yes. No, 22 years. I just bought her flowers yesterday. I gotta buy her flowers again now. Um, but after 22 years, we're, we're still learning because we're not there yet. We're still learning and we're still growing and she's still putting up with mustache ideas and all sorts of stuff. But marriage is the long game. But our culture is so much now. Our culture is so much here. The culture is so much moment. And so the question I wanna ask today as we are going into a vision series is a question that I'm hoping will help grease the skids for the next two weeks. Next week and the week after, 
I want to really pour out my vision for the church. And then week number four, we are inviting our Hispanic church in on a Sunday morning, and Pastor Juan is going to come bring the fire on Sunday morning. He is going to be amazing. And for those of you who are like, I don't come when Pastor David doesn't come, then you're going to miss out on the best message of the year. Right now, this is the best message of the year. Just dumb jokes. Okay. The question I want to ask is this. What do your decisions today say beyond today? What do your decisions today say beyond today? And that's something that we can carry into our relationships, we can carry into our jobs, we can carry into our situations because the decisions we make today will determine the stories that we tell about tomorrow. The decisions that we're making, the, the, the thoughts that we are having, the, the, the ideas that we are presenting and carrying through with our marriages, with our church world, with our work world, the way we deal with our coworkers, the decisions that we're making about relationships and about friendships, our decisions we make today determine the stories that we will tell tomorrow. I love this quote by Pastor Herbert Cooper. He says, every decision matters. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destination. He's talking about the long game. That every decision that you make, one decision doesn't necessarily decide the long game, but it's part of the long game. So how do you win the long game in life? And it's simply this. I think it has everything to do with your perspective. How do you win the long game? It's all about perspective. Look here, Psalm chapter one. I finally, is that the scripture? Psalm chapter one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I love this. Blessed is the man. The tangible blessings of God follows the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or he doesn't stand in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. And some translations say mockers. I mean, look at this. Blessed is the person who lives in the long game. What does a long game look like? It's the way you live your life. Look at the, look at the terminology. We have got standing. We've got sitting. We've got walking. You see, the long game is not based upon one decision. The long game is multiple decisions every single day. And the Bible says, blessed is the one that walks in the long game with the right perspective. You see, the, the, the psalmist is really presenting what I would say is two categories. Those who are willing to trust God with their life, playing the long game, or those that don't, those that live in the short game. Blessed, the tangible blessings of God. It says there are tangible blessings for those that are willing to walk with God because they recognize there is a bigger picture out there. There is something bigger beyond what you're dealing with right now. There's something bigger beyond the pain that you're going through. There's something bigger beyond the heartbreak that's there. There's something bigger beyond maybe the great day that you had yesterday. There is so much more, and we've discovered that in the person of Jesus Christ. Because with Jesus, there's always more. He takes us from glory to glory to glory. I've had people ask me quite often, why do you always say the best has yet to come? Because that's how Jesus works. But pastor, someday there, there's a tribulation coming. I'm like, 
I don't care. What will come will come, but I know who's with me every step of the way. And no matter what I go through in this life, I know that the life that I have in, in here doesn't just end here, that there's a someday in glory. And there's a someday when the new heavens and new earth will be here and we'll stand with God for eternity. There is the best that has yet to come because we have to have the long game in mind. Some of you are awake. Hallelujah. When you say yes to God in your daily decisions, in all decisions, the psalmist says blessing follows the yes. The blessing follows your yes. Look at verse three. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Who? The person who is blessed. And it yields fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and all he does, he prospers. I love the metaphor. Love this metaphor. It's a person, the person that's willing to play the long game is like a tree planted by the water and will bear fruit in season and all that they do will prosper. The word prosper in the Hebrew language means to succeed. So the person who keeps saying yes is like the tree planted by the water. And when you keep saying yes to God, there is a promise of fruit. Um, let me write this down if you would. A fruitful life isn't based on a few big decisions, but a thousand of normal decisions during normal times. Why do I think this is so important? Because of us pastors. We put so much emphasis on a Sunday morning. I live in such a way, I'm like, I told Ann yesterday, I don't wanna screw up tomorrow. She's like, you're not gonna screw up tomorrow. And she hears that 51 Saturdays out of the year. Tell me I'm a good pastor. She goes, fine, you're a good pastor. All right. She, it's so, it's so, my insecurities are so weird. But think about this. Us pastors, I think, have made church as an event that we go to and everything about the week rests upon that word. How big does our ego have to be if your entire week hinges on me? Thank you for not agreeing to all that. That's wonderful. But understand that a fruitful life, a long game life, is not based upon you coming to church, but let me just say it this way. It's based on you being the church. I'm being people that follow after God. That's the long game. I'm so glad that some of you think kind of highly of me that I've got that much power to revolutionize your life in a matter of a little 30 minute talk. But let me just say this, that a fruitful life is not based upon what Pastor Dave preaches to you, but a fruitful life is a blessed life that follows after Jesus Christ and not just these one or two decisions of your life. It's all the small decisions that follow you every single day. Now for years, I, I, this may blow your mind, I like sports, I know. For years, the Boston Red Sox blamed Bill, Bill Buckner for missing a ground ball and they lost the World Series. One man took the brunt of an entire city. But can I tell you, there were nine, eight other guys on the field. There's a team in the dugout and we love to find one thing to blame instead of owning the long game. But when the scripture says that if you will follow, if you will pursue the Lord of the long game, there will be fruit. Amen. There will be. But when, when, when does the fruit come? In season. 
Anybody have live plants at home? Anybody good at raising plants? I'm gonna put my arm down. No, no, let's celebrate. We're gonna celebrate. We came through the Christmas season and we kept two plants alive. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, Ann set them out, she's like, these stayed alive. I'm like, I thought they were fake because nothing lives in our home. Well, our kids and we live in our home, but plants just don't live in our home, all right? Uh, one time we got this planter that had um, jalapenos and green peppers and they had just three different types of peppers growing on either side. And it was about six or seven years ago. I don't know if you remember the big wall of wind that came through. It was so bad, it picked up our patio table that we just bought, threw it on the ground, shattered it, and then escalated up into the tree. That was fun to get down but it also picked up the plant and then just dropped it and destroyed it. I'm like, mother nature doesn't even want us to have plants. <laughs> but of all the things that have ever survived, number one, we got the two little plants that survived, one point set that survived. But I remember when that plant thing fell, we tried nursing that thing back to some health. But I remember getting a couple jalapenos that came out of that decrepit plant. It really didn't last, but we got a couple jalapenos out of that for whatever that we were making. But can I say that with that pepper plant, there's not one point in that plant that I get out and ream it out and yell at it and just harp on it for not giving me the fruit when I want it. And when it fell down based upon the wind, I didn't walk out there and say, get up and walk. Or my, my grandpa used to say, rub some dirt on it. And I guess I could have said that to the plant. Um, I didn't pressure it. I didn't tap my, my watch. Because fruit doesn't come when we demand it. Fruit does come when it's ready. A long game looks at the fruit that you desire and seeds and tends to it now, knowing that fruit will come in due season. The promise of Psalm 1 is fruit will come in one day, and that's perspective. In fact, the main point that I wanted to build the entire message upon is simply this, is tomorrow's fruitfulness is seeded in today's faithfulness. Tomorrow's fruitfulness, the fruit of another season, doesn't show up magically. All right, it's not lucky charms here. God is not Uber Eats. We just call and order it, and he delivers it and shows it up and has it all ready for us. Some of us are wanting fruitfulness without seeding what God wants to do it now. You want a fruitful marriage? Start seeding it now. You want a fruitful relationship with your kids? Start seeding it now. You want a fruitful relationship with your parents at your workplace? You, some of us, we want, we want our bosses to give us raise and things that we don't want to work for it or do the necessary things. You want the blessing, be faithful today. And this is the same thing with walking with the Lord. As some of us, we want some of the greatest blessings of God, but I've learned this, that some of us want blessings that we have not yet built our lives to contain them yet. When I showed up 10 and a half years ago, we had just a couple hundred people left at the church and I was determined we would have 900 people in one year. And a year later, we had a little more than 200. And I was mad, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like scraping my arms with pottery like Job. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm the worst pastor. I'm the worst pastor. And I remember the Lord just really checking my heart. And he's like, why in the world would I give you something that you're not even prepared to handle? 
And some of us, we are praying for fruit, but we have not yet prayed that God would prepare us for the fruit to actually contain it and steward it and utilize it. Some of us want the blessings, but I would say, how about we stop naming the blessings and we start fixating on the Lord and we begin to see faithfulness. We begin to see service. We begin to see good relationships. We begin to get rid of some of the sin out of our lives because the more that we are seeding faithfulness, God will bring the fruitfulness. That's the promise that's there. And I, I, I don't want to depress you, but the fruitfulness may not show up next week. The six pack you're working on for the past hour may not show up next week. Some of you want arms and you want the biceps and they're just not going to show up just tomorrow. Can I just say that some of you are wanting things that may not show up for a month or two. The promise is that the fruit will show up in season and it may not even show up in your lifetime. Because our goal is not necessarily to be fruitful. Listen, I wanna be a, a fruitful, I almost said a fruity person. <laughs> All right, I wanna be a fruitful person, but my goal is to be faithful and let God bring the fruit. So many of us are trying to be the fruit without being faithful because the faithfulness builds the integrity of the fruit. And the more faithful you are, God brings the fruit. And you may not see it tomorrow, you may not see it next week, you may not see it next year, but, and it may not show up in your lifetime. But we don't build anything based upon the short game. This church was not established with the short game in mind. I stand on the shoulders of 14 other pastors that have been faithful to this church because they had the, the long game in mind. This year, this church turned 86 years old, 86. It was built with the long game in mind. And I do believe the best is yet to come. Can I show you a great list? This is, this is just an awesome list and, and the live stream won't see this at all. 1931, two couples call in 1933. Look at that. Two couples seeded something. Two years later, a church launches. Why were they faithful for two years? Because they had the long game in mind. Pastor Miller stayed. Then he took off for the evangelistic field to Canada. Bikes, Canadians need Jesus too. 1934, Pastor Triplett comes. In fact, I, I can't find the first name of Pastor Triplett. Um, Marty's been here that long, so I'll ask Marty later. <sighs> Not Lisa. Lisa's only 29. All right. Then Asa Miller returns. But there they established the church called Central Tabernacle. And in 1936 to 39, Asa Miller, they no longer wanted to rent buildings or borrow buildings or lease buildings. They built the very first building that we know as our local church body. Pastor Davison came, then Pastor Baker, Pastor Newbaker, Newbauer. Searless came in and helped build the building on Portage Street. If you're driving down Portage Street near Lover's Lane and you see a small building that's a dance studio, that was K-First. At Pentecostals dance studio. It just works. <laughs> and there, the church became First Assembly. The Thorntons came, Mary Elkies came, um, 
Davisons, the Osberries, Charles Green, and then the iconic Pastor Tom Pace came and built the present building, transitioning from the church on Lover's Lane that another church now inhabits, brought us over here and established 5550 Oakland Drive. But not once did Brother Pace and numbers of you that were here when Brother Pace were here, not one of you ever said, we did it, we're done. Because you built this place with a long game in mind. The legendary Pastor D was here, Pastor of McElhaney, and then some other guy shows up. Actually, I put 2008 to 2075, so I figured after 100 years, I should be good. But when I look at this list, honestly, I'm humbled and I, I weep over this list a lot. I actually keep this on my iPad and I look at it and I pray over the families of those that served for sometimes a year or two or three years. But they served not because of the short-term fruitfulness, but because of the long game that was at stake. We don't walk in faithfulness of Jesus because the immediate benefit that is there is because of the long game that is at hand. And so the question is, well, Pastor Dave, how do we build for the long game? How do we do that in our everydayness? Next week, we're gonna get into discipleship. The week after, we're gonna get into connection because if there's anything that I feel like I have failed as a pastor over the past decade, and I am using failed as a very, very dark term, but in reality, I think I need to do a greater, better job with discipleship and connection, which is why for the foreseeable future, that is what I'm thrusting myself into. But I think for us to get connected, and for us to get into discipleship, we need to take a step back a little bit further in our personal lives and ask, how do I, how do we make daily decisions with the long game in mind of finding and following after Jesus? How do we build for the long game? Glad you asked that question. Write this down. Four things I wanna give you, then I'm gonna shut up. Number one, create meaningful connections with Jesus. How do we build for the long game? Create meaningful. I, at one point I put daily, and that would be fine too. But create meaningful, daily meaningful connections with Jesus. Look at the, the psalmist uses standing, sitting, planted. He uses terminology that is so important. I love this terminology because it helps us to understand there's just not one way to get connected to Jesus and other people. There are multiple ways. And the way that, to get that blessed life and the long game life is to do daily things, intentional decisions that are going to get yourself in the place of being faithful so that we see the fruitfulness. Which is why over the next few weeks we're going to talk about three T's. We are changing terminology at K-First. We're getting rid of the word groups. We're getting rid of just, um, just serving. We're getting rid of certain terms and we're gonna utilize three T's for a reason. We're gonna serve people in teams. We're not gonna stand in the way of sinners. We're gonna serve them. We're not gonna stand in the way of people. We're gonna serve them. And how do we serve them? We're gonna serve them with teams. We've got a worship team. We've got a tech team. We've got a hospitality team. We've got teams that are everywhere. We're already using terminology, but if you wanna know how to connect to the Lord, some of us are good at reading the Bible, but we need to get out of the scriptures and start living it and serving somebody. Listen, I want you deep in the scriptures, but what use is it to have it and not live it? 
We're gonna sit together at tables. He says, don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Anybody can sit and scoff to mock. Well, that'll never work. Pastor Dave and that mustache, never work. Scoffer. There's a term that we use at this church and the term is table. What is the table? The table is the gathering around one idea. And so we're gonna actually build a portion of our wall back here with a place of people to gather around ideas. Sometimes the idea would be around a book study. Sometimes it's gonna be around church softball. Um, it's gonna be around golf, Lord have mercy. Um, there, some people will gather around an idea that I'm a young mom and I need to get together with other young moms. What are we trying to do? We're trying to form tables. How do you play for the long game? You're creating meaningful connection. And sometimes the meaningful connection is through serving, but other times some of your most meaningful connections with Jesus is through other people. And then thirdly, in the next few weeks, we'll talk about training. What's training? We're going to provide opportunities to do individual training, discipleship. And in February and in the fall, we're going to actually provide four-week classes to go deeper in specific subjects. It's a class that I have been dying to teach on emotional, healthy spirituality. Because some of us are so, we can be so spiritually mature, but so emotionally immature. I believe that God has called us to grow emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because if we will work on this, you're saying, well, when will the fruit of all of this take place? Maybe in five years, maybe in 10, maybe in two months. But my goal is not to create the fruit. My goal is to be faithful. And over the next month, this is what you're going to hear more and more about every day. Create meaningful connections with Jesus. Get the Bible app out. At the end, if you look, I don't have my phone. I do have my phone. Um, at the end of our notes on our YouVersion app, if you go on there, I put a Bible study, a Bible reading plan at the end of every message that corresponds with the message. Put notifications on there. I get one every night from the Bible app. Put notifications. Find a place to get alone and pray and dive into prayer. We're going to develop, uh, we're going to have prayer 101 this year for you. Get yourself in connection to the Lord. Secondly, create meaningful connections. Secondly, when making daily decisions, ask yourself the question, what would honor God the most? When making daily decisions, what would honor God the most? Before talking to your spouse the way that you want to say it to your spouse, what would honor God the most? Before snapping at your parents, what would honor God the most? thinking about a decision with your free time or a decision with your work or a decision how to behave, ask the question. You want to know how to play the long game? Ask your question. What, what would honor God the most with this decision? Well, pastor, I've just got to do me. No, you don't. <laughs> do Jesus. <laughs> because when you do Jesus, you actually discover you. You will discover the you that you were meant to be. Make daily decisions. What would honor God the most? Something that my, my son and I, uh, we haven't done it in a while. We like playing chess. In fact, one time Ethan beat me in four moves. Kicked my butt in four moves. He waits for me to move one thing and then he's got me. But the beauty of chess is you have to think three and four moves ahead. 
And think the serving God, let's get really practical. One of the best ways to serve God in the long game is not to serve God in the split moment of the emotions, but to serve God by saying, how is this gonna honor him and what type of kingdom effect will this have? Which leads me to number three, don't allow your feelings to occupy the throne of your decisions. On the Enneagram scale, I'm a four, which means I'm overly emotional about everything. Shock the world right here. But don't allow the feelings that you have to occupy the throne of your decisions. Your feelings should be involved in your decisions, but they aren't the master of your decisions. How does it honor God? In the long game, I know how I feel right now. I know how the job looks. I know how the situation looks. I know what the, di- what the diagnosis says. It's so easy to let the emotions sit on the throne of the, our decisions. But I would ask you to take a step and look at the long game because I know what emotions are pushing you to do. But take a step back and begin to look at who needs to be sitting on that throne. And lastly, I need the worship team to join me here. Make plans with open hands. Make plans with open hands. When, uh, if I teach on giving, I will talk about giving like this. We're not owners of what we have, we are stewards. And so we don't hold on to things with tight fists. We hold them with open hands because it says that what we have, God, we have open hands so God can give us whatever he wants. At the same time, he could take whatever he wants because it all belongs to him. And when it comes to making plans with open hands, what I'm saying is this is I'm willing to put my trust and to make plans with God with open hands. But I'm also able to adjust and to adapt to detours and things that have happened to me that I didn't plan on, but they just happen to be part of my story. Over the past month, it is shocking to me. I was just talking with Janice about it this morning. Shocking to me the amount of things that have just come up from deaths to diagnosis to situations of finances and jobs. It is insane the amount of things in this season that have taken place. These are detours none of us have ever expected to come our way. But detours can also try to shake our perspective because detours immediately want us to look at the short game and immediately, how is it going to affect us right now? And it's so easy for emotions to sit on the throne and to order the short game. Or we can take a step back and hold our, our, our issues with open hands and say, God, I'm holding it here and I'm presenting it, not in order to drop it, but to know how to navigate it properly so it best honors you. We're coming to 2020 and maybe you're here today and things may not have gone this past year you thought it would go. Maybe you've been hit with a a sudden detour. It just occurred to me the other day that this is the first year of my life that I began without a grandparent. I've had grandparents for 44 years and all of a sudden 2020 hits and so I've just been doing a lot of introspection. There's life change. For some of you, all of a sudden, You've realized as the new year starts that it wasn't any one thing that happened to you, but you feel like maybe you've drifted. You just kind of drifted away from God. I'll just term it that way. You just feel far from God. Maybe some of you, you woke up in 2020 and said, is this where I really want to be? Maybe you're here and you've just simply lost perspective. 
or maybe simply you've never had a long game approach with God. Maybe you showed up today, you're like, I'm gonna give God one chance. We'll see if that preacher has anything to say today. Life wants to throw us into the short game. But God has not brought you this far just to bring you this far. There's a long game. There's fruitfulness. There's blessing. There's things that are ahead. But in the midst of going after a harvest, there's got to be a time of seeding, sowing. Sometimes churning up the soil because of seeds that have got to get down there time of getting rid of the weeds and the things that want to choke out the blessings of God. This is what we're attacking this year and over the next two weeks you're going to hear a lot more about this in a little bit more detail. But for us to even understand the next two weeks, my heart for today is that God would increase our vision and our perspective off of a short game mentality but for the long game. God, what are you wanting to do in me now? Not for the sake of now, but for the sake of someday. Because there's generations at stake. There's a city at stake. There's families at stake. There's marriages at stake. There's economy at stake. Holy Spirit of God, we just present our lives before you. Asking for just a moment Asking for that thought. Asking that you would just bring us to the place where, Lord, that we can see our life in terms of a long game. Help us, Lord, to see our lives in terms of not just where we are at, but where you want to take us, where you want to go, what you want to do through us, Lord, we can get so caught up in a short game. We can even get so caught up in the regret game. This is what I've done and this is where I've gone or this can't happen. I'll just keep going back into the cycle. But Holy Spirit, I ask that today that Lord, that you would just awaken us that there is a new morning. This is more than just a new year. That this is a year seeded with opportunity. And Lord, we've seen through a list of pastors your faithfulness for the past almost 86 years of faithfulness here in this church community and how you shaped this church through the years. And Lord, we still believe the best has yet to come because you're going to take things from glory to glory to glory. God, the greater things are in store. But Lord, for that long game to happen, we want to be faithful now. And we say in the words of that song that we sang early, that our hearts are an open space. Our lives are an open space. Lord, our job opportunities that we need, our health situations, our broken relationships, maybe our fractured marriages. God, they're an open space, an opportunity for the glory of God to shine. And so Lord, I pray in this house today as we kick off a new year and a new season, I pray today that the faith levels would rise, not because that we've got faith for the short game, but we have eyes that have a perspective that says our God is with us, our God is for us, and blessing will follow the faithfulness.